Friday lunchtime lectures at the Open Data Institute. Hello and welcome to ODI Friday's lunchtime lecture. Our speaker today is Rachel Rowe, who's a senior policy officer at the Greater London Authority. And she's going to be talking about how they're using data to understand, protect and grow the cultural infrastructure of London. Um, for anyone in the room, if you've got questions, if you could just wait until the end and I'll pass you the mic. Um, it won't amplify your voice, but please do speak into it so that people on the stream can hear. And if you're on the stream and you've got questions or comments, please use the hashtag ODI Fridays. Over to you, Rachel. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for coming today. Um, I'm going to start out by unpicking a little bit what the term cultural infrastructure means. It's quite a new term and I think can be open to quite broad interpretation. So we mean two things and they're, they're, they're both kind of different sides of one coin, really. So first and foremost, we mean cultural consumption and that might be quite obvious. So it's places where you might go to consume or take part in culture. So we're talking there about theatres, um, music, places where you might go to see music, a, a kind of grassroots music venue, the O2, anything like that. It could be a library or even your community centre where you go to take part in your local dance class. Now, the other side of that coin is cultural production, and that really is equally important and sometimes forgotten about because it's very much behind the scenes. So we're, here, we're talking here about um, music rehearsal, music recording studios, fashion design, fashion manufacturing, creative art, workspace, artist workspace. So those are the two equally important and interconnected sides of the coin. Um, I've got a short film here that really brings that to life um, as it's people who are actually using these venues. It's absolutely essential to have enough places where artists can actually work because it's about the economy, it's about culture, it's about society. As dance artists, you need a studio to make. It's like your instrument. It really has an impact on the quality of work that you make. If the makers are not valued, we will soon lose them. That's why it's important that we have these little spaces where there are lots of makers. South Bank is unique for the fact that people can be themselves here. I think places like this are good for the old folk, physically, mentally, emotionally. It's about the whole building. It's basically like taking care of the people here. From libraries and pubs to community centres and skate parks, London has a wide range of cultural assets that are of huge value and need protecting. So, as Sadiq was saying there, um, our cultural infrastructure does need protecting at the moment. It's facing a huge amount of challenges, um, not least um, land value being one of them. Um, we're all really aware that property prices in London are very high. It's affecting all of us in terms of housing, but it's also affecting cultural infrastructure as well. Venue owners and operators are finding it very difficult in terms of um, rapid rent increases. And that's also compounded by the fact that the sites that they often operate from are worth more as development sites than they are for cultural infrastructure. Further to that, um, the business rates is also compounding this. Um, in 2017, government reviewed the business rates and many venues found themselves paying double what they had originally. Some of you might be familiar with a venue called The 100 Club on Oxford Street. It's a very popular venue which has broken a number of amazing bands over the year, years and they now pay £75,000 per year in business rates alone. So you can imagine for a small business um, that can be a really challenging thing to balance alongside uh, rising rents and uh, overheads of the building itself. 
Another issue is reduced capital funding. There's very little capital funding now to support the development of new buildings. And uh, we have ageing stock in London, particularly our theatres are, are well known for having issues with this. So all of these issues together create a very difficult picture for our cultural infrastructure. Unsurprisingly, due to this, we're, we're really seeing quite a lot of losses. So we've, we have had 35% reduction of grassroots music venues over the last 10 years. We've had a 27% a uh, loss of pubs over the last 16 years. And if we don't act quickly, we'll have a 24% loss of artist workspace over the next four years. Conversely, we need growth and we need more buildings to support a blooming creative sector that provides one in six jobs and 52 billion to our economy. We need buildings like this new one, the Trampery, which is specifically for the fashion industry, which is really exciting because the fashion industry is such a fast-growing industry with so few dedicated spaces for it. All of this has led to the development of the Mayor's Cultural Infrastructure Plan, which is a strategic uh, range of policy, funding and tools to tackle all of these issues. Some specific projects are the Creative Land Trust, so it's a, a new trust that we've formed in order to um, provide low-cost loans to those wanting to run creative workspace. Uh, the Culture at Risk Office, so that's a hotline for any um, organisations who feel that they are at risk. They can call the office, they can email the office and we will intervene and help um, facilitate discussions around what can be done around the, the risk issue that they, they're experiencing. The office has now worked with over 350 different cases. So I'm telling you all this as context because without it, it's very difficult to understand why we collected the data that we did. So very early on in developing the cultural infrastructure plan, we realised that we needed more information about the location of cultural infrastructure. We'd done some early mapping of artist workspace and grassroots music venues. And this is what had led to the cultural infrastructure plan in the first place. It's having the evidence that, that it's not just a feeling that there was, there was something going wrong, but actually the evidence that, that there really were losses taking place in London. So we wanted more data to evidence and track change faster so we knew quicker when issues were occurring. We wanted to understand the ecosystems and the co-location of buildings better. And we wanted to create more awareness of where cultural infrastructure was already in place to use in the development and planning process. So how did we approach this? Well, like any good project managers, we did a bit of scoping, we looked at what was already out there, and we found that most of the data was using Companies House. Now, for our purposes, that was very difficult because people often register their company, perhaps even in their home, but when the business takes off, the actual activity is taking place in somewhere very different. So that wasn't a way forward for us. So we actually um, then moved on to speaking to partners like the Music Venue Trust, like Theatres Trust, about existing data sets. And we harvested those and built upon those existing data sets. In many instances, though, we were building entirely new data sets by desk-based mapping, workshops um, and on-site mapping as well, all to get to the exact premises where cultural infrastructure was. We then chose to use Ordnance Survey unique property reference numbers to locate each premises on a map. And that was really important because if we're going to use this information alongside planning and development, we need to be really specific about what property we were talking about. And so in practical terms, uh, this data is now being used to track change and alert us to issues a lot faster. 
on a more micro level, we are using it in planning application comments. So if a, a planning application comes in which involves cultural infrastructure, that data will be used to create an evidence base around that. Um, we are embedding cultural infrastructure in other maps and GLA policies. And again, that comes back to awareness and ensuring that cultural infrastructure is seen as something which is integral to London, not just an add-on. So that's very important use of the map. Um, as part of our open data and smarter cities uh, drive, obviously this is available for commercial use as well. And that's something we're really interested in, seeing how that develops and seeing how that plugs gaps for the industry. Um, I'll just show you one of the uses that has come out of that commercially, and that is Tutti, who uh, started off using our music data, which is available both on our data store and through our cultural infrastructure map, to develop this platform. They used it very much as a starting point, and, it, and it's grown very much from there, but part of their initial scoping was using our data. And it's exciting for us to see things like that because we know there's a, there's a coordination failure between those wanting rehearsal spaces and finding rehearsal spaces. So, so it's really interesting for us to see this kind of intervention. So probably the jewel in our crown in terms of what we've done with the data so far is to create the cultural infrastructure map which is here. Um, it's an open source platform that the public can now contribute to. So as well as undertaking the initial mapping ourselves, we're now asking Londoners, local authorities, cultural organisations to add to this. So we have the most rich picture of cultural infrastructure that we possibly can have in London. We're also committed to undertaking annual updates ourselves as well. So the initial updates that we did, we're continuing the same methodology and repeating that to make sure that we, we are capturing as much as we possibly can. Now, it's never going to be perfect, but this has never been done before and there is no automated way of keeping many of these categories up to date. So if I give you a quick demonstration of the map now, we have over 30 different categories of cultural infrastructure on the left-hand side here, and you can toggle those on and see how they compare to each other. You can also zoom directly into a borough and see, for example, what's in the City of London with those categories that you've just selected. In terms of thinking about planning for new cultural infrastructure, we've also added in a number of contextual layers. So you can look at... Um, geographic boundaries, transport, planning policy and land use, and audience and demographics. And that's finally the future there. So that's also got things like projected population growth and job growth. So it enables perhaps a developer who is thinking about adding new cultural infrastructure to a site to, to really have a lot of information at their fingertips around what might work in that area. Again, thinking about development, i just refresh. We've built in a number of tools to support that as well. So if, for example, you were developing a new site in Greenwich, you could lasso around a particular area and download that using this tool into your development plan. 
if you were a borough and you were considering uh, how you might raise your targets for certain types of cultural infrastructure and you might want to compare yourself to a borough that you find comparable, um, there's also a borough comparison tool here. So you can compare, you can select one borough and compare it to another. So we've built in a number of tools so that, that decision-making around cultural infrastructure can be far more informed than it has been before. And we're going to continue to build this model um, based upon feedback. Uh, the raw data itself is available on our data store and available to anybody free of charge. Um, and the main ways of finding all of this information are on these URLs here. So we've got some time for questions. Does anyone in the room have a question initially? Thank you. Did you uh, get a lot of the the data sort of originally, or have you pulled it up from you know business records, business registrations, or? Because of the the mapping we were doing, and we basically we were setting a, a methodology for what we were mapping in the first and foremost. So. That we had to ask the question, what is a dance venue or what is a music venue to Londoners? And that was often so bespoke after speaking to the sector itself that we did need to start from scratch. Although business records played perhaps one, one role, but the actual mapping itself was quite multifaceted in terms of its methodology. So and are you going to sell the model to Greater Manchester and West Midlands? And uh, we've been talking to a number of cities, um, but we're very committed to open source information and code. So... Um, it's there for anyone to use. <laughs> I don't think this is necessarily an easy thing to do, but I guess one question is what's the quality of the cultural experience offered? I mean, is there kind of a thought about like looking at rating venues or facilities, or is that not really in scope? Um, I think when we were business planning for this piece of work, there, there really isn't a business case for that. I think there are lots of platforms that are already providing reviews, like Time Out, Google even, providing lots of reviews now, so you can find out about the experience at a venue. But what there wasn't really was a map of the bricks and mortar and the structures. Um, so that, that's really what the purpose of this map is for. But that's not to say that somebody couldn't take all this data and do that with it. That wouldn't be our primary aim. Has this only come about um, <clears throat> during the tenure of Sadiq Khan, or has this been a long-running thing within the GLA? The tenure of Sadiq Khan, it was a manifesto commitment. Hello. Sorry, if you're going to go ahead and make sure it's updated using other people adding in venues, yeah. how are you going to make sure that's valid do you have a team that's going to cross check everything well it's me <laughs> okay <laughs> the team is me um yeah so i moderate based on the the categories and the, the parameters the, the categories that we set up mm -hmm. it's also very useful being the moderator of that because if something's being suggested regularly that's not in the map yet we know it's a priority category to map so we are going to be adding to these categories okay Um, so I guess uh, in London, cultural infrastructure, one sector that's come under a lot of, I don't know, been highlighted in recent years is the nighttime 
economy. Yeah. And I was wondering, is there like a functionality with the map to kind of highlight that? It's a really interesting point, actually, and something we debated a lot. Um, I don't know if you've read the Nighttime Committee report recently, which recommends a nighttime observatory. So I was talking earlier about how this map plugs into other maps. Um, and that's very much what will happen with the data here. It will be plugged into the nighttime observatory mapping, which will actually hold a lot more data because the nighttime is obviously much broader than just culture. Any other questions? Yes. I guess a, a question on the extent to which cultural facilities are included in the planning mm. regime in terms of being kind of something that people have to have like take into account in making decisions and whether there the plans to change that? Yeah, so we have a draft New London Plan policy at the moment, HC5, which encourages boroughs to be aware of their cultural infrastructure. So this map directly plugs into that and also saves local authorities the, the immediate resource of doing that. But they, what we'd very much encourage is that they add to this map as well with local data, but the platform is already there and some baseline work is already there as well. And do you know if, if anyone's doing a green infrastructure equivalent? No, I Tree don't. mapping and that sort of thing. No, I imagine they are, but I'm afraid no, I don't. It's outside of my scope of work. It probably so is, yes. Um, something I can ask and. You gave the example of Tutti setting up the, the the sort of app for being able to find spaces, creative spaces. Um, did you actively encourage um, developers and, and startups to be creating things? or No, we haven't yet, actually, and we, we would very much like to encourage that. Tutti was actually very proactive, and, and they came to us and actually gave us some corrections as well, which is really helpful. So it was, it was a kind of mutual, mutual arrangement there. Um, but, yeah, we'd very much like to see more come from it. Will you be actively engaging? Yes. And, and how, do you, yeah. have you got any idea yet about how you'll be doing that? Um, we, we are working on a, a kind of wide-ranging comm strategy at the moment, but first and foremost, we're, we're concentrating on working with local authorities and developers in terms of safeguarding cultural infrastructure and using the map to do that. So that's our first priority. Will you be working with um, like universities and art schools and sort of that to and advertise the the map and the work you've been doing for students' benefit? Yeah, we do have a number of uh, partnerships with universities. Um, we haven't proactively done that, but it, it's certainly something we, we wouldn't be, yeah, we'd be interested in doing. Thanks. Um, sorry, me again. Um, what were the main challenges you faced with sort of drawing together different data sets and making them meaningful? Um, I think the challenges were uh, setting the parameters in the first place of, of what, uh, for example, a music venue uh, would be to, to a Londoner. Perhaps if you're in outer London, a, a local venue that plays um, cover bands or local bands perhaps only four times a year is still very important to you, whereas inner London that, that might seem like a, not, you know, an, an insignificant amount of performances. So it was getting the balance right between the different areas of London 
Um, and so once, once we got that right, we, we had a clear set parameter for mapping. And that, that was always the hardest thing to actually understand what you were mapping in the first place and why, and always questioning why. Um, secondly, it, it, what the, the EPRNs and, and the unique reference reference point was really important to us but equally incredibly difficult to do when you're looking at things like railway arches or some of the, the kind of more unique bits of London which aren't that straightforward so, so that, that, was, that was a real challenge and, and some of the, the points are X and Y because of that but the majority are UPRNs. Any more questions? Cool. Well, that's it. I'd just like to thank you, Rachel, for thank coming you. in and sharing this information with us. Um, and thank you to everyone who's come, giving up their lunchtime, and for everyone who's watching on the stream. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to a Friday Lunchtime Lecture, brought to you by the Open Data Institute.